0: Good morning morning. Praise the Lord, amen Amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made We should be glad and rejoice in it Amen Amen. I gotta untwist I got some reach That's better Thank you Jesus Wow, we got a third mourner congregation this morning. Hallelujah. God's moving. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Having the boys over. Praise the Lord. All right, Grace, come on down. It's time to take up an offering. Amen. Today also is one of our grandsons' birthday. Noah, he's not here. But we're gonna we're gonna wish him a happy birthday anyways by singing happy birthday. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Noah. Happy birthday to you. Amen. He's 13 years old today, so if you see him, wish him a happy birthday. So we're going to take up an offering. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in this house. We pray that you would continue to move mightily. In Jesus' name, upon this place, upon your people, and upon our finances, I pray that you would multiply and grow us, Lord Jesus. Lord God, and, and I just pray that, Lord God, that we would just be pleasing to you, Lord God, as children want to please their father, Lord God. And we pray that, Lord God, we want to please you with all our hearts. Give us the heart like David, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 You know, there's a, there's a verse in that song that we sang. I got to get it. Not a verse, but there was, I believe. Uh, Where is it here? Let's see. All right. I believe that the gates of hell will tremble when the church begins to sing. I believe that the gates of hell will tremble when the church begins to sing. As we were singing that, I just felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. And I believe that's a word for us right here in our church. That we need to worship like David worshipped, and worship with all our might. And when the church, this church begins to sing again, not that we're not singing now, but when we start singing with all our might and all our heart, that I believe not only will the gates of hell will tremble, but there will be a supernatural breakthrough here in this place and in our own lives. And we need to start that in our own lives, including myself. I need to start that in in my own life. I got to reignite that fire for the Lord. Amen. 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 We got to reignite that fire for the Lord, and how we do that is through worship. You know, there's nothing that gets a, that gets you going than being in worship. There's nothing that gets your heart and your mind in the right place than being in worship. Amen. Cuz when we're in, when we're worshiping God, we're actually in in, in, in union with Him. And the, and the Spirit of God moves upon us. Not that the Spirit of God can't move upon you when you're reading His Word and you're praying, because the Spirit of God definitely can move upon you when you're reading His Word and praying. But when we come together in unity as a body of Christ, and we start to worship, truly worship, what if Jesus was here right now, today, this morning? Would your worship look different than it looked today? Yeah. If Jesus was standing right here, and he is, but if he was right there physically in the flesh this morning, how would you have worshipped him? Would you be sitting? Or would you be standing up clapping? Or would you be on your knees weeping? we got to think about that when we worship God. we got to think about that when we come into the house of God. This is a house that's been dedicated for God and for God's purpose. Just as Jesus went into the temple and he overturned the tables and he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. And he drove out all the money changers and he drove out all the people that were there, that shouldn't have been there. That's how we got to think about when we walk in this place. That's how we got to live our lives. Because Jesus is with us. He said in the word that Jesus would be with us always, right to the very end. That means Jesus is going to be, if you have Jesus in your heart, and you believe that you have Jesus in your heart, you have to believe it and know it. And when you get that, then you, wherever you go, you know you're taking Jesus with you. Jesus is watching everything you're doing and he sees and he wants to be with you everywhere you go think about that and when you think about it like that how are we going to live our lives we're going to live so much differently than we're living right now amen because one of these days we're going to be with them in heaven and we're going to be living that way. And we don't want to be heard so long, see you later, I never knew you, depart from me. You know, I don't, you don't want to be in the goat situation. Because, you know, just like, just like taxes are guaranteed, death is guaranteed for all of us. And the judgment's guaranteed too. And one of these days, we all are going to have to face them. And give an account of our lives. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's nothing to do with my sermon today. (coughs) All right. I want to talk to you about a historical event that took place this last week. Roe versus Wade was overturned. We have not only witnessed, this is such a milestone in our faith. This Roe versus Wade is such a historic event that took place last week. And we have to give God glory for that. Amen? Amen? God did it. And God is on the move. I believe it's just the beginning of what is to come. I believe it's just the beginning of the great awakening again of the church and the church in America. Amen? Amen? We witnessed our Supreme Court overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, Roe versus Wade was a landmark decision of the Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. That decision was made on January 1973, almost 50 years ago. Wow. That decision that was made over 50 years ago, that the court ruled on in 1973, has been. a detriment and a stain upon our nation. And upon, our nation is built up by faith, under God, indivisible. Over 63 million, and some say it's over the 63 million, like a lot over, like over 70 million babies, have been aborted since 1973. Over 70 million, they say 63, some say 70 million, babies have been aborted since 1963, since that decision. Last week, our Supreme Court, even faced with extreme pushback, and even the threatening of their own lives and their families, even the threats of having riots throughout the nation, decided to overturn the court's ruling in 1973. That is a historic, monumental decision that was made on June 24, 2022. That should be a holiday for us Christians. That should be a celebration that we should be celebrating and praising God for and giving Him glory for what He's done. I can feel the Holy Spirit upon me now. I'm telling you, that is a milestone. That is a milestone over our nation that is lifted. That is a principality, a power, a ruler of authorities that has been crushed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just think about that. 70 million babies. The blood of 70 million babies that have been martyred, that have been killed. is devastating. Devastating to our nation. Devastating to our faith. But it has stopped. It has stopped. This means This ruling of Roe versus Wade being overturned, this means that it's the end of federal protected rights to have an abortion. This means it's the end of federal funding to these abortion places. Amen? Praise the Lord. We should be clapping and rejoicing. And it's now effectively outlawed in 13 states automatically. And, ab- and abortion providers, since this ruling was overturned, in other states that provide abortions have stopped offering those abortion services because of the doctor's fear of criminal charges against them. That's huge. That is huge. This overturning of Roe versus Wade is way bigger. I, I am just curious to see how many babies' lives have been saved since June 24th till today. How many thousands of babies are alive because of that decision? These states have trigger bans on abortion, meaning like these trigger bans are like, we're waiting for the federal decision to come down. So when that federal decision came down that they would be overturned, that these abortions would be outlawed immediately in their states. Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North and South Dakota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming. And there's many other states that are looking now to just ban abortion. Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise the God. Praise God. The decisions our courts made on June 24, 22 has already saved thousands of babies. <coughs> and it's going to save millions of babies. Millions of babies. That's amazing. That is amazing. It's just huge. This has been prayed for. This has been, this has been battle-hardened warriors for 50 years battling this decision since 1973. And finally, a righteous decision. This was the right decision that the courts made. How could it be wrong? This is what the Bible tells us about Children. The Bible tells us in Psalms 127.3 that children are a gift from God. Children are a gift from God. Each one of you are a gift from God. Your life is a gift that God has given you, each one of you, and to their parents. And someday you will be parents. And your children will be a gift to you. Children are a gift from God, they are a reward from Him. And Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 19, 14, he said, Let not the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs. To such as these. Amen. Do not let th- anybody tell you anything different about children and how God feels about them. Because God loves his children. Every one. And every one of you and me are his children. I want to tell you a little story about this Bible verse. My wife used this Bible verse on me this week, just the other day. When she told me she let the kids come down to the church and play while she was working on the landscape beds out front, My first thought was, oh no, oh no. What kind of havoc did they do to the church? Did they wreck the place? And I thought, how much cleaning am I going to have to do this morning? When I come down, before I get quiet with God. And I asked her if they played with the instruments. I said, you know, those instruments are expensive. (sighs) But I was only thinking of me, myself, and I. So I had to repent for my selfish statements and my thinking this morning before I can write this sermon. And yes, I do repent. I'm not perfect. Only one was perfect, and thank God it's Jesus. And thank God Jesus' mercies are new every morning. Amen? I prayed that this morning, that Jesus' mercies are new every morning, because I'm going to tell you, we all need Jesus' mercy. Amen? Because we're all sinners that fall short of the glory of God, and we need the mercy of God upon our lives. But we need to recognize that we're all sinners and that we're saved by grace and that we need God's mercies. So this morning the church wasn't too bad. When I came down, it didn't take me too long to pick up some things. There were some drumsticks, you know, over here and over there. The back door was wide open. The lights were on in the back. I couldn't write my sermon in the office because there was a male cat that would got in there somehow. So I, I, I came out here to the tables. So I have the window open in there. But it wasn't too bad. That's still not too bad. My guitar was still in tune. But praise God, God's house is still standing. It didn't burn down to the ground. The walls are still up. The ceiling's still there, and there's no broken windows. So, all that to say that you know what God was probably doing the whole time the kids were down here? Even though I heard they were playing zombies and something else. God was probably laughing and smiling. Because his house was filled with little kids. Amen? And I just have to get over my own pride of the whole thing. And I have to trust God. And then when I was thinking about that, I was like, well, we still have to, you know, it is God's house. We still have to take care of it. And we do. We do need to take care of God's house. And kids who are here that can hear this, that have been in here playing, you need to help your grandma pick it up when you're done. That's simple. Right? Because if I wasn't a good father, I would discipline my kids to pick up their own mess, just like Jesus tells me to take care of my own mess. Because I get myself in a mess sometimes and I have to repent, and then Jesus says, No, you have to take you did it. You pick it up. You gotta pick up your own mess. And that's how we learn. Amen? Amen. But praise the Lord. Everything is all good. Proverbs 17, 6. It says, "Children, Children are a crown to the aged and the parents. Think about that. Children are a crown to the aged and to their parents. And And parents are the pride of their children. I'm very proud of all of our children and all of our grandchildren. I'm very proud. And thank to you, I have a crown, and in that crown is a little jewel that belongs to each one of you. Every one of you. So my wife and I, we've got, what, 15, probably more grandkids. It's hard to keep track of them all. So I've got 15 little crowns plus all of our children. 5 more of them. Praise the Lord, we're blessed. Now mom, Julie's mom, Joan and Ed, they have multiple crowns. I can't even count the kids and grandkids they've have. How many grandkids do you have? Mom, how many grandkids? Like 29 grandkids, and then I don't even know how many great-grandkids, more than that. And I think, do you have great-great-grandkids yet, or just great-grandkids? They have great-great-grandkids. So God has blessed Mom and Ed with a multitude. They have an army. They have a tribe. And we're all in part of that tribe, amen? God has blessed them abundantly with children and children are a crown to us all and in in 3rd John 1 4 which is a great verse not that all the verses in the Bible are great but as a parent or a grandparent this is what you want from your children this is what you want for them this is the most important thing, and I've said this to you all. The most important thing that I can do is this Bible verse. The most important thing that I can teach you is this Bible verse. 3 John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. No greater joy than to hear that your children are walking in the truth. Because when they're walking in the truth, they're walking with God. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the truth. He is the way, and he is the life. And it is. That means Jesus is. That's what Jesus responded to the Pharisees. He said, it is. I am who I am. I am who you say I am. He is the truth. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life. He is it. It's Him. It's part of His nature. It's His character. It's who Jesus is. There is no lie, there is no deception, there is no death. Death has no hold on Jesus. And thank God, death, Jesus took that away from us. Death has no hold on us. Jesus is the way. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. And if anybody tells you anything else, it's a lie. And do not be deceived. Jesus is the way. There is no other way. Jesus is the way to life. He is life. And He gave you that life when He breathed it into your nostrils. Jesus gave you life. Because Jesus is life. And in Jesus, we will have everlasting life. Amen? Amen? And it's only in Him that you're going to obtain that. There is no other way. No other way. Quit trying to look for the fountain of youth or look for longevity. Because if you want, it, if you truly want to live, then you're going to live in Jesus. You will live forever, eternity. God says eternity with God. Think of all the stuff you can do in eternity. <laughs> Amen? Deuteronomy 5.29, it says, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always. This is talking about children, so that it might go well with them and their children forever. God was telling them, just stick with me. That your hearts would be inclined to me. That means your hearts are going to be longing to be with God. Your hearts are going to be longing to do what's right. It's in your heart. When you get something in your heart and you believe it, you won't ever let it go. You won't ever let it go. Because it's in your heart. And when you get it in your heart and you believe it and you fear God, not only will that it will go well with you, it'll go well with your children forever. Forever is a long time. Forever is a long time. That's so why you train up, the, train up your kids in the way of the Lord. And in the end, they will not depart from it. And in the end, you know what those kids are going to train their kids to do? They're going to train their kids up in the way of the Lord. And it's passed down from generation to generation to generation. Thousands of years Christianity has been going on. Thousands of years people have been following God. Amen? Ephesians 6.4, this is the one the kids love the most. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. I've had my children use that against me. Don't provoke me to anger, Dad. It's in the Bible. Don't get me upset. Don't get me mad. They've used that against me, believe it or not. Don't provoke me to anger by threatening them. But this is the part of that verse they don't like, but rather bring them up with discipline (laughs) and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, when you have a godly parent and a, a godly father and a godly mother, they're not just disciplining you because they want to. They're not just disciplining you because they want to provoke you to anger. You might think it's provoking the anger. You might not like what they have to say. You might not like the consequences. I did not like being grounded when I was a kid. Or having things taken away from me. Nowadays, you get in trouble. You lose your phone. You lose your Xbox. Things like that. You get grounded from those things. You lose going to your friends. Parents don't do that purposely. They do it because they want you to grow up the right way. They're disciplining you because they love you. They care for you. Because when they tell you don't touch that stove, it's hot. It's hot. But you want to touch it anyway to see how hot it is. And then it burns your finger. Type of thing. Trust me. I've done it. Done stupid things like that. And then I learned the hard way. If I were to listen to my parents the first time, I wouldn't have gotten burned. Right? So there's a lot of wisdom there. Ephesians 6.4. It says, fathers. Oh, I read that one already. Excuse me. Another great verse is Matthew 18, 1 through 3. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Doesn't that sound like a bunch of men to you? Want to be, who's the greatest? It sounds like the same thing on a football team, you know, or any, anybody you get around. Who's the greatest among us? Who's the best player? Who's the strongest person? Who's the smartest person? Yeah, king of the mountain, you know. Ephraim played that, I think, this week with the kids and a hay bale out there. I heard. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, Jesus put the child in the midst of all of them and said to you, Truly, 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 I say to you, Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Children, babies, are all important to God. They're all loved equally by God. And that love that God loves us with is all the love he can muster, which is more love than we can fathom here on earth, because God loves children. God loves you. God loves babies. And if you think about it or not, every one of us in this room, <clears throat> no matter how old you are, whether you're 90 or whether you're 13 or 12, We are all babies to God. Every one of us is a baby to God. God's eternal. He's been around forever. Think about it. We're all babies to God. All little children. And God loves every one of us equally. That's why he sent his son to die for us. John 3.16. Everybody knows that verse. And we need to become like babies. You know, babies are innocent. Innocent from conception. They don't know right from wrong. They don't know evil or good. Jeremiah 1.5 is another one of my favorites. It says, before I knew you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about that. Before you were even formed in the womb, God knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations, You know, you can find many, many, many more verses in the Bible about children and how God loves them all, big or small. I just picture God up there in heaven rejoicing of what happened this week. Rejoicing about what happened this week, about the thousands and thousands of babies that are going to be alive the millions of babies that will be born because of this overturning of Roe versus Wade it is a milestone for our nation and i believe it's not just a milestone it's going to be a turning of our nation it's going to be a turning it's going to my wife said there was a prophet out there said That the Holy Spirit, when Roe versus Wade, that the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out upon the churches like never before. There's prophecy about this. Roe versus Wade being overturned. I'm not going to get into it. But there's been prophecies about it. And I believe it's a turning point for our nation. Praise the Lord, because our nation needs a turning. We need to turn back toward God. And then God will heal our lands. Hear our prayers and heal our lands. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. Roe versus Wade was overturned. And if you ever feel like that you're not worthy, that you are depressed or down, and that nobody loves you, God loves you. He's the one that matters the most. Your parents love you. Your grandparents love you. Your family loves you. Every one of us children are loved dearly. And I know in our family, every one of our children and grandchildren are loved dearly. And every one of them is a blessing from God, a crown. Every one and every one of you are different, you have different personalities. Different strengths, everyone is different. And that's because God made us all different, all different. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're special in God's eyes. All of us, all children of God are special in his eyes. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, and praise you as we bow our heads and pray. That, Lord God, that, Lord, we give you all the glory for what you've done in our nation. We give you all the glory for this this bold and brave act that our Supreme Court decided to do the right thing. Lord God, there's hope for our nation. Lord God, Lord, I pray that your hands would be upon us, that it would be a turning point for our nation to start making the right decisions, the right decisions, the godly decisions. Lord, I thank you for each one of those Supreme Court justices that overturned this ruling. I pray that you would bless them, protect them, watch over them, minister to them and their families, and that you would post guard over their homes and their houses and over their cars and over their traveling, that you would keep each one of them, Lord God, and that your angels would keep them and protect them and keep them safe. And I pray that they would get a supernatural boldness, an infilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, to continue to right the wrongs of our nation. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.